welcome to the Science Podcast uh, with me, Mr. Short, Mr. Atkinson, morning, folks. and Mr. Fasai. Hi there. Now, this morning, out of uh, request, we, we are um, we're going to discuss a little bit about Breaking Bad and, and by extension, science on in the media, for example, and television and film and things like that, and how real it is. But more on Breaking Bad, because we've done things like The Martian before, haven't we? And, yeah. Uh, things like that. I'm a little worried this is where you've been directed. <laughs> As a chemistry teacher, do you have something you want to let us yeah. know? I wondered whether the glassware had done. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Forsyth, you've been asked as well yeah, where the lab is and uh, yeah, have you ever made meth before? I think it's a common question. Two questions kids always ask with chemistry teachers can we blow something up and can you make meth on meth? Yes. Can you make meth on meth? Yes. So I did have a quick look. So I had a quick look around, not on how to make meth. <laughs> But in uh, 2019, there were two chemistry teachers arrested for making methamphetamine. Based off the, the show? Or like well, based just off what they saw? I, I don't know if that was a stimulus, I guess it was, and they yeah, thought they'd give yeah. a go and make it. Um, they were in the like, mid 40s, both blokes. Um, in Texas, there was a 30 year old female teacher who was making gamma hydroxybutyrate. Um, which is, I think, I think that's Rohypnol. That's the yeah, date that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. date. So that makes you very passive and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but that was a partnership, wasn't it? She was, was it? You know, making it uh, not her boyfriend or something else. There was there was something going on. I'm sure it was as a as as a further crime that was yeah. associated. She wasn't making it for her own use. Or and in Wrexham, uh, a female 58 year old was making cannabis. Again, <laughs> 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 well, it's, good to, it's good to keep busy. It's nice to keep now, busy. There was also when I was at university, there was one of the postdocs um, who was who was done for making cocaine. Now I don't know what issues he got into, what troubles he got into, and what uh, leverage people had over him. But he went away for ten years, so he was using the, the lab uh, to make cocaine. So he, he was found out. Yeah, so what yes. Which is kind of uh, your life down the tubes, really, isn't it? Um, <coughs> the furthest I've gone is uh, making jam and homebrew. <laughs> wow, hardcore. Can I, can I have an ounce of your jam, please? Wow, <laughs> doing a line of jam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that's uh, yeah. I mean, there are chemistry principles involved, but if you're a good, if, if you could cook, you could probably do that. And the underlying chemistry is there, but uh, I mean, it's the basis for a lot of things, isn't it? Because the basis for a lot of chemistry is yeah. cooking. I mean, the whole basis for polymer science is yeah. cooking, and that's where it's kind of come from. So it's, it's not any surprise that you end up with a, a knock-on effect from it, or uh, you, know, you know, people like to keep busy. So. Um, Let's start. Breaking Bad, the actual title comes from uh, things that are bad, and then when you go a step further, I think, so you break bad and go worse than bad. I think yeah. that's the origins of the phrase. So the character in Breaking Bad learns he has cancer, and then... Um, and the basis for that is trying to protect his family, yeah. trying to build some sort of nest egg, etc. And, and things kind of snowball beyond that kind of point where... Uh, he, he decides to make drugs. Decides to make drugs, and then 
He's good at it. His, yeah. his, his product is good. It's, it's genuinely high quality. He's, yeah, he's he very good at what he is yeah. because he, is, he was a, a research chemist who eventually ended up becoming a, a chemistry teacher, uh, kind of as a basis of you know, looking after his family. And wasn't he sort of written out of the company or something and he lost yeah. like, a lot of money or something? Yeah. Or, he, he sold, or was that what he sold his shares yeah. and then the company became like yeah, a multi-billion dollar company? So methamphetamine, what, everybody, what do we know about methamphetamine or amphetamines? Because amphetamines are more familiar, aren't they? No. no? Well, amphetamines the, are amphetamines. with speed. Yeah, so, yeah, so you're talking about um, like hallucinogens, drugs that are associated with uh, high euphoria feelings that are there. I mean, there's, there are, I mean, it's a family of, of um, chemicals, so uh, amphetamines part of the family of amphetamines will also include like, um, nasal decongestants, etc. as well. Yeah, so the salt, there are, there's a uh, liver methamphetamine, which is uh, sold over the counter um, for, as, a, as you know, a nose de decongestant. I wasn't sure they're actually using it. I've, I've kind of found out there's a, like a stimulant. But uh, I also, and this confused me when I started reading about it, because it's a stimulant, but it's used to treat ADHD. Now, if you think about the characteristics of somebody with ADHD, giving them a stimulant seems counterintuitive. Yeah. But actually, it's the dose, which is yeah. something you forget about. People who take it recreationally <coughs> and, and will go on to uh, fall apart, basically, if you look at the pictures from, uh, from America, they've done the before and after taking methamphetamine. Uh, they lower the dose hugely, and that regulates your brain chemistry, yep. adds more dopamine, and allows somebody to focus more and be less distracted. So reduce the dose when you're talking about prescribing medicinally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's much, much lower. The other thing is that you'd think if it helps you concentrate, then it should be um, a study drug. Yeah, so you take yeah a study okay, drug, yeah. It's a, it rather focus. than monitor juice. But actually, that doesn't work. Apparently you can take it to study but it doesn't actually lead to higher academic performance. So people taking study drugs well, yeah. in methamphetamine in this case, um, it doesn't seem to translate. It helps calm ADHD kids down and allows them to focus be less disruptive uh -huh. but apparently it doesn't translate into better academic performance. Which is it's quite, when you start thinking about it and think about what things are, it's quite interesting. It takes you down a pathway, you find out. You How can it help you focus and yet yeah. not translate into... It's an interesting... But, yeah. but I guess it's maybe about a behavioural focus rather than a, like yeah. a cognitive. So your, your study ability or your ability to um, absorb or retain information to apply something it's else. Not pres I don't think it is prescribed at the moment. I think it's like a second line. So yeah. there are other things that are prescribed at the moment, but that's what historically used to be prescribed. Um, there's good a bit of chemistry in terms of this. I think the, the amphetamine has an extra methyl group on it, so our uh, fourth-year chemists will be aware of methane becoming methyl CH3, and that uh, adds to the drug's effects, changes the drug's effects. Uh, but also for our advanced tires, there's... Yeah, an antimers. Yeah, antimers. Do you want to have a go at that? Oh, no, I'm not going to leave that. To, <laughs> I'm going to leave that to somebody with a doctor. <laughs> so, so it's your shape, isn't it? So yeah. You know, so two-handed. Yes. So if you like to think of an antimers, like your left hand and your right hand, although you can place your left hand and your right hand over one another, they're not 
they're a mirror image of one another. They are not the same. They joined up in the same way, yes. but they're non-superimposable. You can't yeah. lay one hand over the top of the other. Yeah. You can uh, place them together, uh, and thumb to thumb will go the same. And it's the same way if you place your hand against the mirror, and you look in the mirror, your right hand is actually touching a left hand that's coming towards you from the mirror. So how does that translate? What, what use is that, or why is it important? Well, it's fundamentally important because uh, generally the different shapes of these are the different versions, if you like, of these uh, same molecular composition will have different properties. Uh, I guess the the most common known issue with um, enantiomeric issues has been uh, thalidomide. Now, the basis for thalidomide was developed as a drug to help women cope with um, morning sickness. Morning sickness, yeah. absolutely right. So uh, it was very, very successful with that. <coughs> Unfortunately, there are two different versions of, of the same uh, composition, and one one will treat morning sickness, and one will cause uh, genetic um, adjustments or and eventually abnormalities. There. So I think don't they, they still use the same good strain if you like. So yeah. So the the problem with thalidomide as a drug was that not knowing that there was these two enantiomers, uh, the racemic versions of them, one can actually change into the bad version inside your body system. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you have. So it's, it, there were thousands and thousands of women who uh, were given this drug and with the best of intentions to try and treat um, morning sickness mm. and they ended up with uh, babies with um, with problems and deformities. I actually used to work, I took a sort of temporary post in another school <coughs> and I remember talking to the, the head teacher because I was coming from Canada and he was actually born in Canada. And he told me that so whereabouts he was, his mum lived in the far north of Canada and she had morning sickness and she was going to be prescribed thalidomide and because it, they were so away, so far away up in the sticks, you yep. couldn't get it to them and because they couldn't get it to him, he was born absolutely fine in terms Definitely. of, you know, Oh, wow, so he just effects. escaped that. So he was really quite lucky, he said, because he would have been given the... Yeah, it is. It, people often say like a hand in a glove. So if you have a right-handed glove, that enantiomer will fit, but the other side won't fit. Yeah. So you have different effects. And with methamphetamine, weirdly enough, the D form, one form of it, is more active than the L form. Yeah. But the, as a racemic mixture, it still works. What's D and L? Uh, it's the way it, um, they're, they're just the how you write down the structure, you have oh, okay. DNL. Right. But actually, another thing about enantiomers or chiral centers is they rotate the plane of plane polarized light. Mm. So it goes in like very vertical and then alters it. And See, now you're talking about the physics, now he's interested. Now, 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 now he's interested. The, what's handy for, for breaking bad and just jumping back to is that. Um, relatively easy to make uh, in terms of the synthesis. Relatively straightforward uh, if you have the, the right composition and it's not, it's one of the, the, the things that's actually really good with Breaking Bad where there is some really good science within it and then there's some really it's still science, but it's a bit ropey. It's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like Star Wars, where it looks fantastic, the explosions in space, and listen to the sound of them, and yet impossible. It, yeah. it can't happen because, you know, there's, there's nothing to carry the sound part of the sound yeah. towards it. So I guess the, the science is always really, really nice to look at. 
It's one of the things I don't know about you, Duncan, but I'm exactly the same watching um, CSI. You know, my wife doesn't like me watching CSI with her because, you know, part way through it, it's really, really good, really, really good. That, no, this is absolute nonsense, I can't do this. And there's a lot, there is, there's a bit of that within Breaking Bad. There's a lot of, uh, and there's, there's a lot of websites, etc. that will go to pull apart. I guess it's the thing with any entertainment. Mm. We, how far are you willing to suspend your disbelief to accept it as entertainment? And it works and it looks really good. Or do you Has it got look at it as a scientist yeah. and go, no! Nah! Uh, and sometimes I swing both ways, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, let's go through some of the stuff. Let's, let's see what we've got. So... Um, yeah, plenty of websites to have a look at, and they pull up the first one that you get nice blue crystal meth, which means it's pure. Yeah, not just... So, yeah, they make a crystal, and that's the other thing, you can crystallise, and again, you keep going back to the science, because you keep thinking about why, you ask the questions, that's one of the good things about these programmes, um, apart from the entertainment value, <laughs> is that methamphetamine will crystallise. Mm-hmm which is unusual. Normally it's inorganic things that crystallise because it's got those yeah. strong intermolecular attractions between the ion, inter-ionic attractions, electrostatic attractions. Uh, yet your organic compounds are quite difficult because they've got weaker forces. Yet methamphetamine, methamphetamine you can crystallise. That's not London dispersion. It can be, yeah. It's one of that's the weakest yeah. version of it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the blue, blue crystal meth is because things are dissolved in the crystal and makes it blue. So it doesn't... Not really an indication of purity, but crystals themselves, if you crystallise something, it is a purification method. Yep. So if it is crystallised, then hopefully it should yeah. be more pure than yeah yep. than not crystallising. But I guess it could have been could have been pink, could have been anything else. I guess the the blue for Walter's version could be a, a facet of you know his his equipment or you know, it could be a contaminant. I don't know. Okay, let's move on to the body part. It, oh yeah, okay, so dissolve the body. Is there another one that dissolve the body? Hydrofluoric acid? Yeah, right. now, we'll start, just to, to start off, like, we use uh, relatively dilute acids and alkalis in the classroom. And if you get an acid on your hand and you've got a cut, oh. it will sting like lemon juice. If you put an alkali on your hand, it kind of goes a bit soapy. Yeah. You know you've got an alkali in your yeah. hands because it feels, uh, your skin feels different. Yeah. I remember you came into one of my classes, it was a lab science. Yeah, that's I remember right. you saying that to some of them. Yeah, so they, they asked them, remember, wash your hands and you'll know if you've got any base on your hand, any of the alkali, because it feels slippy. It feels like you've got soap on your hands and that's yeah. that. you want to wash that off because it's, it can denature the proteins of your skin. And, and that's your what skin. it's doing, it's making soap out of your skin. The fat's in your skin, it's breaking apart and making soap. Fight club. Right, so yeah, we'll come on to fight club in a minute. Um, and obviously, having that on your hands, you don't want to touch your face, you don't want to touch your eyes. Now, interestingly, so if you were to dispose of a body, you're thinking you would use alkali instead of acid, but here we have using hydrofluoric acid. Yeah. It's actually, which actually, in, it's good his chemistry teacher maybe does have access to, I mean, you'd need really decent volumes. And I guess the, the issue is, it's like all these sort of things. I always always worry for students because uh, younger year groups will talk about something being, oh, that's, uh, it doesn't harm you because it's weak. So if you get um, fruit juice in your hand, citric acid, it doesn't harm you because it's weak. Uh, and I tend to, you assume we tend to try to step away from strong and weak at this point. We want to talk about concentrated and dilute because these, these four words actually mean different things to chemists that you have. Uh, in terms of concentrated and dilute, we, we understand that in terms of the amount of material in, in a particular volume. 
you know, like a glass of diluted orange, has it got a lot of water or a little bit of water? One will be highly concentrated with diluted orange juice and one will be only slightly and that will be more dilute and will therefore have less of that material. Uh, and we, we, in chemistry classes in schools, we will use relatively uh, dilute solutions so that if we do spill them, we don't have particular issues, although we do have some highly concentrated uh, acids and alkalis present. Yeah, the yeah. hydrofluoric acid is used in tech. Yeah. So they use, it for, yeah, yeah. Itch, they use it for itching yeah. glass. Wow. I'm not it's sure. really good yeah. for that. Yeah, so it dissolves glass. So in the film, in the Breaking Bad, they use plastic containers, special plastic, otherwise it will go through yeah. the glass. Yeah. And the containers, our lab skills will be looking at what things are contained in Definitely. to make them safe. And how do you store them? And safely? how do you store them? And and I, was, I was going to ask that because there's a scene in one of the episodes where Jesse, the, the young sort of school Protégé, dropper, yeah. you can't really be bothered following Walter White's instructions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do what he asks. So Follow just the instructions. Says, I, just, I just poured it in the tub. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a few minutes later, the tub falls <laughs> through the floor. And yeah, there's fundamentally there's some good science with this because hydrofluoric acid will burn through, will corrode, those use the correct terms, will corrode. I'm glass and metals and other materials, but if you'd followed um, Walter's instructions and actually put it inside, he told him we put them in a, a plastic container. You needed to be really careful to state which type of plastic yeah, as well, like because some of those plastics, um, hydrofluoric acid, highly concentrated hydrofluoric acid would uh, corrode or dissolve and, and interact with. Uh, so, yeah, follow the rules. But it's not a surprise it would burn through the tub or corrode through the tub, <laughs> corrode through the floor and, and through the, the gutters. It'll break down that. Well, fundamentally, your acids and that bases are pretty bad for your skin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get on your skin. So, but you should just use lime. Should you just use a base? You just use lime. Oh, yeah. uh, um, apparently. Let's go to <laughs> explosions. We've got, oh, we've got the bodies. This is the mercury one, isn't yes, it? it? Yeah, so he, oh, yeah. Uh, two codes in mercury. He, he goes to see a drug dealer. Fulminated mercury, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Now, you've used something like this pretty much every year. Or you probably did when you were a kid as well. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Christmas crackers. Oh, they use okay. silver fulminate, not uh, fulminate of mercury, which is, is different, but Christmas crackers have silver fulminate. And, and those, so, by the wee bangers, the ones that you throw in the room, yeah, the crack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Those ones. Party popper things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, pop no that's the ones where you throw and you hear it kind of snap so, and crackling. Yeah, so it's in a little paper, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. paper or something. So. And we can make, chemistry <laughs> teachers have made this for years, but... Um, ammonium uh, nitrogen chloride, nitrogen trichloride. So apparently the guy that first made this lost three fingers and an eye trying to synthesise these compounds. Brilliant example for the class. <laughs> hey guys, watch this. Safety specs. Not sure we protected his fingers. <laughs> no. <laughs> no safety specs in those days. So these things are the compounds are quite interesting because they have they explode. Yeah. So you've got about what makes a reaction go, but also activation energy, what stops yeah. a reaction. Because things don't spontaneously, the wood here in front of me here isn't spontaneously bursting into flames. Yeah. There's oxygen and there's wood. Yeah. The activation energy is quite high to get that reaction to start. Uh, whereas these things, contact will set them off. And yeah. TNT was, uh, um, was discovered that way, but it was too explosive. 
So they actually yeah. um, immobilized it in a sort of clay matrix yeah, to stop the molecules rubbing against one each other and setting off an explosion. Yeah. So you can actually then compute a detonator to yeah. actually uh, and control the explosion. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing in Breaking Bad as well, that although fundamentally some of the chemistry is good and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's feasible with that particular one if, he, if Walter had had a bag of those crystals, just carrying them about in his pocket would have caused uh, the activation to be sufficient and yes. could have just blown his leg off, <laughs> so which, which could have been an entirely different episode. And just on the nitrogen trichloride, uh, talking to a colleague who's more experienced, more older than I was, <laughs> they used to put it on the floor and let the kids walk across it. So they wouldn't tell the kids again. The <laughs> these things would be exploding under their feet, not, you know, like bangers, yeah. not, nothing huge. Uh, days gone by, not done these days. Happy times. Uh, thermite, thermite reaction. That's yeah. another one that's in Breaking Bad. They use it yeah. to burn, burn it through lot, the lock. Oh, they try to steal the chemicals. Oh, from the train? Is that the train? Oh, is that the train? I don't I remember. remember. Also that, known that, as the Goldschmidt process, <coughs> which I keep forgetting. Off. Um, but railway workers will use this regularly in situ on the railway line to weld tracks together. Yes, is that's that right. Yeah, yeah. The amount of heat gets, so you generate molten iron yeah. and then you can weld something together. So it's a displacement reaction. Yeah. We do it at school, but we don't do that level of heat. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually, more reactive metal will displace a less reactive one. In this case, aluminium uh, displaces iron from iron oxide yeah. and it releases so much heat you have melten, molten iron going through. It's, it's quite a spectacular one. It's, yeah. it's, it can be quite difficult to set up in a, in a school because. I mean, it has been known for chemistry teachers to set off fire alarms. So, um, <laughs> so uh, it's one of the ones that even trying to demonstrate can be uh, can be quite problematic to try and do. Uh, but it's an impressive one. It's, it's probably one of the ones within Breaking Bad that you kind of look at and go, yeah, definitely, that feasible, yeah. that works. And then they blow it after that point, because if you notice when they steal the, the chemicals, they, they're trying to manhandle, they're trying to like, shift the other barrels. They don't roll them on their side and just roll them out. It's mad. It's making it hard for themselves. They've already done the hard work burning the lock out. Okay, let's uh, so you've got we've done bodies, <laughs> explosions, um, thermite. Uh, we're not allotropes. We can go through allotropes, but I thought we'd move on to the batteries. Oh, no, stuck in the desert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we need a physicist for this one, right? <laughs> to be fair, it does actually show you how to make it. It's, it ultim yeah, it's yeah. ultimately you two. But it, essentially, it's, it does work out. I think. So he's got um, a zinc anode, um, mercury oxide cathode, he's got potassium hydroxide electrolyte, so it's all in there, he's got the right stuff. He's got the brief pants, he's got the Yeah, it generates 2.1 volts per cell. He's yeah, got so them, he's just generating, he's just connecting them all in series. Connects so daisy series. chain, so, so one... So it gets to 12.6 volts. Yeah, because they've been cooking all night, so they'd actually drained the battery and they're now in the middle of the desert and with no way to get back and no way to, to turn the engine over to actually uh, 
get away to actually escape from where they are. And I guess so we can generate this in the classroom. Yep. So yeah, yeah, we've done this. Yeah. Do we do this? We put, I do this we with uh, potatoes or lemons. We can well, the kids can hold hands with uh, magnesium and copper. That'll it's generate true. as well. That'll get you up to 12 volts. Hmm. So we need so a physicist. Why, it, why does it not work? Like, it does work. It does work in the programme. It does work <laughs> in the programme, except it shouldn't. It's nonsense. So what are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's the current because yeah. the internal resistance is so high. Why is it safe? It, do, do it doesn't. It won't. Wait, I don't think it will start the truck. No. Well, it won't get. I don't think it will get. Because it needs like thousand. I don't know how, how many amps. Um, it needs to how start. many amps do you need to turn over? But the amps aren't there. The voltage is there, but because of the internal resistance. So there's a there's a thing in advanced hire, um, which is called back EMF. So for example, in Times Square in New York. You've got all those huge big lights, big flashing lights that, you know, they would require somewhere around 80 volts, but you can actually start them with a, a very simple low voltage battery. Because the idea is that if you have a, a battery that's providing electrical current, then for whatever reason, if that, if the current is switched off and there's a rapid change in current, then essentially that power source will generate what's called a back EMF, essentially a voltage to try and prevent the current from dropping. All right. Oh, okay. uh, actually, um, at the sides of the physics classrooms, we have these white kind of power packs yeah. built into the sides. And I noticed when I first arrived here, uh, I remember switching them off and I had my circuit connected and there was just a big pulse of light. And that's exactly what that was. Essentially, when there's current flowing, everything's fine and dandy. But whenever you switch it off, obviously that current rapidly drops to zero. So in terms of the rate of change, the derivative of I, the rate of change of current is actually really large because it goes from whatever, one ampere yeah. to zero in a very, very small period of time. So therefore there's a huge change in the current which generates a very large back EMF for yeah. a very brief moment. Right. And that so why does it generate a back EMF? Because the because EMF is the electromotive force driving the current in one direction, pushing the electrons one way around the circuit, or, so the, or alternating so the, so the EMF, EMF is just a fancier term for voltage, yeah. and it is directional. Yeah. But the, the reason we say a back EMF is because that direction is, is opposite. That's all a negative means in physics. It just yeah, but how, well, how is it generated? Because it sounds like you, you've got like a bungee rope, but the electrons on a bungee rope, they're going one way and they're springing back. Is that, is that correct, or is that...? Uh, and it's also alternating current, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Does well, that come for a battery? A battery yeah, just no, no, for the battery is yeah, just batteries, just DC. Uh, oh, well, there's something for another time, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think the issue for that one is although they can potentially generate the 12 volts using very thin wires, they likely end up uh, shorting out through the wires and they're only generating about 20 to 30 amps. And they need about 10 times that to be able to turn the engine over to get sufficient. Um, 20 to 30 amps, flipping egg. <laughs> That's huge, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's big, hence the reason, yeah. reason that we'd burn out the thin wires yeah. that they're using in that probe. That's a useless wee bit of trivia. I used to, anytime we start the electricity units and we're talking about current, uh, you know, how much is dangerous? Well, the reality is even one ampere in the wrong place yeah. can be fatal. Yeah. I think one of the films on twigs is 50 microamps. Just in the wrong place. Or 20 micrograms, maybe, yeah, where yeah. it's enough. Because it was the correct voltage, yeah. yeah. But the, in America, with the electric, uh, when they execute yeah. prisoners with the electric chair, they only pass about six or seven amperes of current through it. Mm. And your shower at home, 
will be mid thirties, maybe even forty amperes. And, and also the Van de Graaff, the Van de Graaff is a tiny, tiny current, yeah. but a massive voltage. It's almost thirty thousand volts per centimeter or something. Va- yeah, Van de Graaffs are in excess of five to ten thousand volts potentially. Um, but as you say, because that voltage is so high. That means that the current doesn't have to be as high. The current's in milliamps. Current's hours, tiny, and it's absolutely fine. It's perfectly yeah. safe. Never join people up in the Van de Graaff. <laughs> um, okay, so drugs. Full circle. When when you start looking at these things and you start thinking, you, you kind of go off on different tangents. But drug delivery is one for things like methamphetamine. And we're not talking about that. We don't know about those kind of drugs, but. One of the problems with taking, and this, this is what I found out, one of the problems with taking oral drugs is it has to go through the stomach and the digestive system. Yeah, excellent. So it can break down. So you've got to have some, sometimes they're coated in plastic which dissolves, sometimes they've got other things in them which, which makes it can go to the lower intestine and be absorbed. Yep. But what's happening is there's so many food allergies that some people can't take drugs because of what's in the packaging. Oh, so they can't actually... So drug delivery is an issue for somebody with food allergies. Yeah. So, any suggestions on where it goes? I'm dreading to think that we will <laughs> need to go, we need to go, uh, instead of orally, we the, potentially the other, have to go... The other end. Anally. Yes, and that's another thing. We take, in Britain, quite a lot of our medicines orally. The French, apparently, prefer the other end. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. And if you're going, okay. if you're going in the other end, distracts <laughs> and come back to us. You're right. She's not worried about how he's going to take his Spanish. It's two in the morning. For apparently, it's not the same content. It's a different. <laughs> I'd hope so. <laughs> the same drug. You can't just put an oral drug up, up your, your bottom. <laughs> it's can't you though? There's, there's uh, fewer additives wow. in the tablet because it's uh, you don't need so many. Wow. Um, anyway, moving on. Where else could oh, you don't... take drugs? Where else do you take uh, pharmaceuticals? Not as in via. Yeah, how can you get them into your body? Yes, yeah, so you can get yeah, it straight, straight into straight your body. So you can, obviously, some drugs injected. If you've yeah. got some, if you're in hospital, you might have a cannula as t- attached, and that will go straight in. Yeah. But yeah. also orally, yeah. um, as in not through the digestive tract, but salbutamol so, for astral so inhalers. Is inhaled directly into uh, the lungs. And I guess you mean the most yeah. uh, one of the drugs. So your your vaping and your um, your nicotine through cigarettes. These are drugs which are being uh, where the nicotine has been absorbed in through your bloodstream, but via the the lungs. And the, the nose, the of course. If you've got like a blocked nose, you might take some sort uh, of where we started. Yeah. Um, adrenaline, perhaps, because that's how Alan Baxter got done for his. Skiing. That's right. Yeah. You took a, a no, nasal inhaler uh, in Canada, was it? There was a so whatever one you would take. There was a different ingredient in the yeah. American one or the British I think, one. I think it was a dry, epinephrine. One was it was, and the one that he took contained the banned yeah. substance. I'm pretty sure that the you know, given the dose, yeah. they said that it wouldn't make the slightest bit of difference to his performance and stuff. But it was just the fact that he tested positive for this. Whatever the drug was, no, so he was stripped of his bronze medal. Uh, he got it back though. Did he get it back? He got it back. Oh, nice. I didn't even know. We that. need to Google that and check, but yeah, I'm pretty I sure that. Yeah. Right, we better call it a day there. Thank you very much. No, uh, that was interesting. See you folks. Well, I just if, no, read, read the packet, okay? I'm just saying for any any anything you need to take. Don't follow us, don't show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>